Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back, everyone, and Julie, my love, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you. It's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it is. So this is the culmination of all the podcasts that we've um, done over this uh, particular series. And this series of podcasts, if you want to go back and listen to them, is called Five Reasons to Fire Your Broker and How, How to Hire the Right Broker, Part 3. I've been getting a lot of uh, emails, and I'm going to share with you guys an actual conversation I just had. Uh, Coach Rochelle brought this uh, particular coaching client to me, and he wanted me to help him work out where he should be doing, you know, what direction he should be going in his coaching client or in his, in his real estate business. Sorry. Um, so I'll give you guys the profile. Of this guy, he is 29. He's been in the real estate business for two years. He's done seven deals so far this year. So we can surmise that he's probably going to do about 10. Um, he's in the Midwest. His average sale price was, I'm going to guess, 220 to 250. So that means that by the end of the year, he'll have earned, let's say, $75,000. Now, look, it's not all the money in the world, but for him, at 29, second year in the business, I think everyone would agree that's not too shabby. So he's doing a great job. Now, I asked him where his business was coming from. This was my favorite part because he's a coaching client, podcast listener. He was generating his own business. I love to hear that, especially when I hear it from a millennial. That makes me very happy that people <laughs> are understanding the absolute stupidity of buying your business. And this guy is starting his career outright. He's being a proactively generator. I'm going to strongly encourage all of you who are newer to our podcast to start listening. I'm sorry. Well, obviously, go back and listen to past podcasts. But pick up our book at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble. It's called Harris Rules. It's usually for sale on Amazon for less than 15 bucks. You know, they changed the pricing. I don't know if you guys know about that, but it's dynamic pricing, so sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. Moral of the story is definitely get the book. I've had a lot of people say they buy, they buy the book and they listen and they, they read the book once, twice, and it's one of these things that gives them real career-long, um, you know, essentially direction in their businesses. That's the reason that we wrote it, so make sure you're applying what you're learning from it, but the first step is to get the book. Now, to his question. He was trying to decide what he, where his next step should be as far as brokerage because he is at a big brand company. I don't. It doesn't matter what I tell you the name. He was with Berkshire, a great company, no doubt, a lot of great people there. So he was with that company, and we were talking about, and I was talking with him. He was part of a team, and we were talking about his commission split. And so here's what his commission split was. And, here, and the second part of this is where a lot of you guys have the same sort of lack of information, same as he did. You know, in other words, you don't really know how much you're making. But I asked him what his commission split was. He said it was a 70-30 split until he had a cap of $20,000. Now, I was glad to hear that there is actually a cap because in some cases when I'm talking to some of you guys, I discovered that there is no cap. You're in a 70-30 split and there is no cap. Or you might even be on an 80-20, but there's no cap. So you are essentially paying it forever. So I started doing some math with him to try to figure out, because he did not know how much money he's netted, how much money he's grossed, and we were just trying to round about, you know, round about figure out how much money he was actually making. Again, all of you guys are probably at some differing levels uh, guilty of the same thing, of not knowing how much you're actually spending, not, and certainly not knowing how much you're actually earning. 
Um, and here's what we discovered. Not only was he paying a commission split like I just described, which is not certainly the most egregious one I've ever heard, just to be clear, but he was also on top of that paying a 6% royalty. So he wasn't on a 70-30, guys. He was really on a 64% split. He didn't realize that. And even after he caps, that 6% royalty stays there. So he'll never be on 100% as long as he's with – and again, I've certainly heard of far worse commission splits that some of you guys don't even know you're paying. So here we are, rounding the you know, bend on 2019. Don't stop listening if you're listening to this in the future mm -hmm. and you're saying, oh, my gosh, this is a past show. doesn't matter. It's still relevant to you. Just pay attention. The fact is, is that many of you don't know how much money you actually are uh, earning from your sales. You don't even look. I don't know when that sort of um, blissful ignorance <laughs> approach to real estate started with agents. I, d I didn't realize, honestly, until this past year, how bad it was. So grand scheme of things, when you're sitting down with yourselves and you're looking at your own finances and you're realizing maybe you're doing your tax filings and the rest of it, and you realize that you haven't really netted, netted guys, so you gross, say, 50000 and you net, say, 25000 that's not very good. If you, you know, you could scale them on up. Some of you with these big teams, and I have these conversations usually five, ten times a week with people with big teams, and the calls always go the same way. It's very similar to the, the example I just gave you with that Berkshire agent. A team member will come to the call. And they'll tell me they're – and they, they always have a sense of uh, earned pride in their voice. In other words, they have a right to feel proud of themselves for what they've accomplished. And so they'll say, I've sold 100 houses or 200 houses or I had one that was 400 houses. Fantastic. So let's do some math. And without me going through all the math, it doesn't take long for them to realize that they're only netting. So let's say the team earned a million dollars in commission. You following me here, guys? But the actual – agent who started the business, took all the risks, thinks about the business 24-7, sacrifices their nights, their weekends, and their you know, essentially restful nights, <laughs> they are the ones that are basically taking all the risk, moral of the story. Generally speaking, I am finding that the guys running and gals running these teams are only netting about 10% to themselves before the personal taxes and you know, paying school tuitions and dental bills and all the rest of it, personal expenses and, and then you know, obviously taxes being a fairly big chunk. So someone, it's very normal for a big team to have a gross revenue of, say, uh, especially teams that buy leads, by the way. They're the ones with the crappiest nets I've ever seen, where they're going to be grossing, say, a million in commission, but the team leader themselves, on a good day, is, or a good year, rather, is maybe making 150000 But most of the time I've seen when I've done this math, they're making around 120000 or about 10000 a month. You know, I'm pointing all these things out to you guys because you need to ask yourself why it is you got in the business in the first place. Whether you're that blissfully ignorant agent who's been in the business for two years or whether you're some, you know, big gun-slinging team member who thinks you got it all figured out, didn't you get in this business to basically make a profit? And one of the biggest areas that you guys lose your profit towards is these overpayments to your broker. So – Going back to the uh, fellow I was just telling you about, someplace in the Midwest. <laughs> so I asked him, again, I told you guys where his business came from. And he says it's all coming from proactive lead generation. Then I asked him, so specifically, what are you getting for the amount of money that you're paying? And he didn't have an answer because they're really, at the end of the day, up until recently, in essence, you've seen that most brokers are offering the same exact thing. 
They offer more or less the same exact package of services to agents, which are for the most part just okay. And any top producer, for the most part, they're going to tell you that they use their own stuff. They don't even use their broker stuff, to which I always go back. I say, so why are you paying such a premium to be associated with that particular brand? If you know at the end of the day, the customers are doing business with you because of you, your buyers and sellers are choosing you because of you, why exactly are you giving so much money away to your broker? And here's the bottom line answer. No matter be it a top producing agent or a newish agent or even new agents, you guys are the ones that are going to have to have the biggest learning curve with what I'm about to tell you. The number one reason is not a financial reason or a business reason. The number one agents, n- number one reason that most people are, are don't make a change, and you already know the answers, don't you guys? You know what I'm about to say, is fear. That's it. Fear and complacency. They basically are willing. And so this example this morning, this guy was a coaching client, a podcast listener, so I was okay having a little fun with him. We calculated that he was um, paying about – and he's, these were his words. So I totally give him credit for saying this. Um, he was paying about twenty to twenty-five thousand a year as a twenty-nine-year-old agent to his broker because it was comfortable, and I thought that was awesome that he said that because he was being introspective. You guys have to see the, you know, the the rash, the the, the thought process, and admitting that the only reason you're staying at your particular broker at twenty-nine is because you're comfortable. He didn't try to come up with some big flute and idea. It was just, yeah, man, I'm comfortable. I'm complacent. It's easy. So this is the kind of the fun part. I said to him, well, that is a lot of money for some comfort. I mean, for $25,000 a year, I hope they're tucking you in at night. You know, I hope they're making you chicken soup when you're not feeling good and singing you lullabies. You know, I hope they're, act- they're making cappuccinos for you. This $20,000 a year when you're earning the amount of money he is, guys, that's an enormous amount of money. If he would have taken that money and put it towards investing or improving his, you know, basically learning more, doing things like that, this is the types of conversations, these are the types of thoughts you all maybe need to be considering if here it is towards the end of the year, you're looking at your finances, you're ta- having conversations with your accountants, you're going through all the stressful money conversations that most people try to avoid like the plague, thus the blissful ignorance of most agents, and you're realizing, holy shit, I did not earn actually any more money, net income, than I did the previous year. Yes, you may have grossed more. Yes, you may be going to your broker's banquet in six months, and they might be giving you more plaques and awards. Yes, you might be the agent of the year, and yes, you might be the agent of you know, the millennia. Who cares? When you look at your income and you look at your gross revenue and your net income, when you see your net income does not increase every year and your net worth does not increase every year, what you're doing is you're spending too much money on obviously all the big ego things, the marketing, the advertising, the branding, the buying leads for buyer's agents, all this silly stuff, but you're probably also paying way overpaying your broker. Brokers hate me for saying this, hate Julie and I for saying this. But it's still true. The reality of it is, is that agents who have even moderate skill set, are the, they're the ones, they're the boots on the ground. You guys are the reason that this industry actually survives. It's not the fancy CRMs or the fancy brokers or the, you know, the velvet chairs in the receptionist office that nobody ever sits in except agents waiting you know, for another agent. It, it's not any of that stuff. It's not the big national branding or the balloons flying over or any of that. It's you guys. Remember, he said he realized that all this business came from him, came from his efforts, his centers of influence and past clients, the FISBO that he took. That's the reality of it. And all this big branding stuff, guys, all these the amounts of money that you're shelling off of paying to be associated 
with some big pollutant brand is ridiculous considering, A, you don't need it. B, consumers don't care. They'll do business with you because they'll do business with you. And B, you're just doing it because why? You made this decision three to five years ago about which brokerage you're going to be with. You basically haven't wanted to change. You've made some friends there. You know the office manager. You may even have an office there, which is you know, rare anymore. No one really has an office in an office. But you've gone through all these, and you're just afraid to make the change. As he said, you're comfortable. What is that comfort worth to you? What are you sacrificing in terms of your actual work now to basically pay for that comfort? What are you sacrificing in the future? What is that comfort costing you? I give this example. He actually gave me permission. He's listening now. You know what I'm about to say, Chuck. Chuck gave me permission to use him as an example because he's an extreme example. But I have to say he's not the worst example I've ever had. I've had people – this hear me out. Chuck is an absolute rock star real estate agent. Um, he uh, prospects. He proactively lead generates. He sells 160 to 170 houses a year. He has one assistant. You guys can listen to his podcast interview. Um, it's on uh, timandjulieharris.com, iTunes, Stitcher, all the normal places. He was paying, and his average sale price isn't even that great. He's in North Carolina. He was paying around $400,000 a year in commission split to his broker. That's how much he was paying for his comfort because he didn't want to make the change. And he switched to EXP. And the total amount of money he's going to pay to EXP is going to be less than $10,000. So this guy made one decision, and it's increased, assuming his production stays the same if not more, which I'm sure it will, he has increased his personal net take-home by, what, $390,000 a year? That's incredible. The first agent I told you about, he's going to increase his personal net income because he's moving over to XP too. How much is he increasing his buy? Maybe not as much, like ten grand, but still, that's incredible for him. You guys get my point here? So the reality of it is, is that, look, we obviously are aligned with brokers, but we're not beholden to brokers. That's the reason that we can have these conversations with you. And I'm going to give you guys a little – some of you who have been in the business for a while who have suspected what I'm about to tell you is true – I'm about to affirm what you've always suspected being true. Most times you will not hear conversations like this happening from people like Julie and I who have a national audience. This is the number one listened to daily podcast for agents. Our book is a bestseller. You know, we've been in this business for a long time. We have tens of thousands of people that listen to us, okay? So we're not small time in this industry. In the world, we're specs. But in this industry, we're not small time. We are the only ones that talk about these things, and you need to be clear why. Because everybody else is beholden to brokers. Everybody else gets, and I'd be, I mean coaches and whatnot, and companies in general that have influence over agents, they are all in bed with each other in the financial sense. So they get their business from each, from like uh, you go and uh, you know some broker sponsors you to be there. Do you think that broker is going to have you back if you're telling the agents in the audience basically they're paying too much in, in uh, commission splits? I'm guessing not. And it even gets worse on the technology front. All these technology companies, quote unquote, that have gotten the business in the last 10 or 15 years that sponsor our competitors. That you know, you go to their events and you walk through the main hall, and there's a you know a big bank sign, and then there's a you know a broker sign, and then there's a technology. Da, 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 da. All those companies are paying lots of money to sponsor the event, 
to basically get the benefit of the influence that that guru has over those agents? Do you think that guru is going to say anything, even if it's in the best interest of the agents, about why maybe they need to be making better decisions that's going to result in more net income? The industry is reliant on you guys not having these conversations. The industry is reliant on you being ignorant about your own personal finances. Julie, you want to tag on anything? We can finish out our points from this topic. (laughs) Well, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. The the sad thing is that they're being taken advantage of. It's one of the major motivations for a lot of, you know, the real estate treasure map forces them to know these numbers. I really think that not being financially, uh, I you know, it's like a business maturity thing, to be honest. I think that it, sure. not knowing that kind of makes you like a hobbyist. You're just sort of dabbling. And not knowing that, it, to me, from a coaching standpoint, is kind of proving how not seriously you might be taking your own business. The problem with that is it's not sustainable. It will creep up on you and kick your butt, maybe not this month, but maybe next quarter or next year. And I think that some of this is also symptomatic of a pretty hot market where deals have been a little bit easier and income's coming in and, you know, you're going to be okay next month and you don't really look that closely until you do something like the real estate treasure map or you talk to a coach and they they drill down and they say, what is your actual net? What are you actually paying your broker? Do you know? And a lot of times they can't tell you. We see this uh, sometimes on coaching calls where somebody will say, you know, I got these three deals in contract over the weekend. That's pretty awesome. And we'll say, okay, so what's your net going to be on those? And it takes well, like Julie, freaking 45 something. minutes to figure it out. <laughs> well, we're Sorry. the only – I have never, ever heard anybody. And I've, we've been on other people's podcasts. We've been to other people's events. Nobody talks about net. I didn't tell you about this, Julie. I should have. Hmm. So somebody sent to me a screenshot from an event that happened at – Um, the largest real estate company in the world recently. And what they did is they showed her screen chart, and I think it was called a screenshot of what's called the opportunity chart or something like that. Mm. This Mm -hmm. is stuff that basically what they're doing is they're showing this particular company is not talking about net. What they're trying to say is you come into the op, you come into our system and you're supposed to be working to get to the seventh level. And then you basically oh, yeah. try to buy a franchise. And then you do this. Then you do the other thing. Then you do the other thing. Then you do the other thing. And we have known, and some of you listening right now, you guys know what I'm talking about. You've been climbing that mountain all these years, thinking somehow you're going to get to a certain height. And holy crap, you're finally going to have financial freedom. And you've been climbing, you've been climbing, you've been climbing. Okay, crap. Now I'm a t- I own a team. And now I basically got at this and the other thing. I have people working for me. And I, but damn it, I'm still not really accumulating any net worth. But, oh, I know why. I need to go to the next level. So I'm going to invest in a franchise. I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to do all these other things. Still no money. Nothing's really increasing, but you have a lot of people saying, you're doing a great job. Oh, my gosh, look how high up on the, you know, the mountain you're climbing. But nobody is talking to you about net. You've got to think like Chuck. You have to think like other people if you actually want to accumulate money. Your goal should have the, be to have the highest net income possible because from that, you become rich. Rich is not what the you know, liberals are trying to tell you is a bad, you know, demonic thing. Rich is simple. Which, and I don't, look, guys, I'm not being political. I'm just being factual. Rich in general is definitely being seen as a bad thing. It happens every election year. It's not new. But so here's a very simple definition of rich that so will make you feel better no matter what political leaning you have. Rich is simply where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That's it. 
Most of you will be rich when you have less than $10,000 per month coming in passively. That's where you'd be rich, wouldn't you? If you had $10,000 a month coming in passively, how much happier would you be? How much less stress would you have knowing all your personal bills are covered? I think that some of you have never really thought you could obtain that level of wealth. That is rich, guys. It's not 10 million or 20 million or your own damn fleet of Ferraris and a yacht. No, it's where you don't have to worry about money anymore. That's it. So be very clear about that. Your definition of rich, I lend to you, should maybe be what ours has always been, where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That should be your objective. That's the reason that you are living your life around real estate transactions and sacrificing so much in your lives. It's because you should have your North Star that definition. I want to accumulate enough inc- enough assets that it produces for me enough passive income. A real estate team does not count. Some of you are saying that. I know you love to argue with me about that. But a real estate team does not count. That is not an asset. An asset is something that basically is basically 95% passive that you don't have to do anything with. And that is not a team. Don't try to argue the point with me. The reality of it is, guys, is most of you will never be rich because you don't want to accept the, the challenge of becoming rich. You don't want to accept the idea that you don't, wouldn't have to someday in the near future, two to three years from now, actually have a life that wasn't dependent on having to do transactions to pay your bills. Have you considered that? Julie mentioned the real estate treasure map earlier. Um, thank you, Julie. If you want to get a copy of that book, here's all you have to do. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. So where does all this go? Many of you have already figured it out. Julie and I have searched high and low for a real estate brokerage for years that we could actually recommend, and there wasn't one. There really wasn't because they were all the same. And so we always give you guys vanilla answers, whichever one you like best was our typical answer because they were all basically the same. But that's not true. What you need to do is you need to be financially responsible. Be responsible at a level that maybe you've never been before. Stop being so blissful in your financial ignorance and do consider EXP Realty. I know. Oh, my gosh. Tim and Julie are talking about EXP again. Well, it's because it's the best thing for you to hear and at least have enough information so if you decide it's not for you, it's not just based on hearsay. It's based on your own research. Don't you owe that to yourself? Do you think Julie and I would be lending our credibility and our decades long you know, in this industry to something if we didn't believe in it? Isn't that enough for you guys to at least seriously consider it? So we've made it very easy for you to learn more about eXp. Here's all you got to do. Actually, I'm going to make it easier. If you are ready to join eXp, if you're 7 on a scale 1 through 10, I want you just to text me directly, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. If you're not quite at a 7 on a scale 1 to 10, what I want you to do, very simple, is just text the word EXP to 31996. And when you do, you'll get a seven-minute video back. And the seven-minute video is going to walk you through basically everything you need to know about EXP you know, in seven minutes. And then from there, you'll at least have gotten your education started, and you can decide what's the best fit for you. EXP across the board is the only company we've ever seen. It's, it goes back to a story, you know, if you guys will you know, do some Googling, you'll see this video, where Glenn, the founder of the company, was talking about how he saw, and Julie and I saw this from our perspectives as well, 
how agents were essentially continuously cast aside, just uh, treated as basically cannon fodder in the real estate industry. And that's how you guys are treated. There's no doubt about it. Do not kid yourselves about it. And as soon as the economy changes, this is the reason that most of the industry is not going to tell you, look, guys, you better tighten your belts. You better start paying attention. To, you know, the, the clouds are starting to form on the horizon. You better start preparing. They're not going to tell you that because they want you to be always optimistic and always bouncing off the walls and out of, you know, emotional rah-rah fest. That way you will not uh, stop to consider your own personal finances. Well, what happens is, is when the economy shifts, when the housing market shifts, you're ill-prepared. The, the negative financial ramifications that Glenn said he saw amongst all of his friends and his peers, and we saw it experienced it as well, was beyond devastating. It's not just those some people had some shitty months. There's people that had their lives ruined and some people who had their lives ended because of all that that happened. That is the dramatic truth without getting into details. That cycle happens again because people are ill-prepared for a change. So now before it's not too late, I want you guys to consider aligning yourselves with a company that's going to put the most amount of net profit in your pocket, but in addition to that, it's also going to put you in a position where you guys can be an owner in the company, be a shareholder in the company, and earn revenue share. And by the way, 99% of the time when I'm having uh, real estate brokerage conversations with folks and they go through their numbers and they figure out how much they're paying, they're paying substantially more than what they'd be paying at eXp. You are or are not, frankly, successful because of you, not because of your brokerage's brand. eXp recognizes that. That's the reason that when you move over to eXp, you can basically keep your brokerage name, keep your team name. It's not a franchise. They're not trying to sell you anything. This isn't some big deal that you have to write some big check to, like buying a franchise. You don't have a royalty fee or anything like that. This is a real estate brokerage. They want you because they recognize that you are the reason that you're successful. They want to continue you on that path and not inhibit your continued upward uh, success. And mostly, and the reason I, again, this is the reason Julie and I ultimately chose to align with them, is because they recognize and treat agents the same way that Julie and I always have. And when you go and you talk to the guys that run the company and you talk to them behind closed doors, you don't hear the same kind of nasty shit that we heard when we talked to other brokerages behind closed doors. They, the feeling you get sometimes from these big high and brokerages is they're just placating you with, oh, we care about you, and then you look to see what they do, and what they're doing is not in your best interest. It's in their best interest. EXP is not like that. I'll give you some examples, guys. Not only is the commission split better than most cases, I told you you basically they make it super – you can be an owner in the company, a real owner, a real shareholder. You have revenue share. But here's another little interesting thing. They're going to start having health insurance for real estate agents. I haven't heard any on the details, but the CEOs talked about it. That's kind of kick-ass. Does your brokerage do that? They came out with their own iBuyer program, like Zillow offers, like Open Door, but the agent is in the center of the iBuyer programs, not some third-party company. You guys get this. Here's how it works. I'm just so excited about this one. So let's say you find a house that the, that the um, EXP-connected iBuyer wants to buy. You sell that house to them. You make a commission. They fix the house up. They put it back for sale. You get the listing. Do the other iBuyers work like that? No. My point being, 
is that this is the only brokerage I've ever seen that consistently puts agents at the center and is definitely the truest sense agent-centric. Everybody else gives it, you know, blah, 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 agent-centric, agent-centric. Well, then why are you charging agents based? Why are you paying agents basically 64%? And why are you not teaching them to be financially responsible? Why aren't you going over what their financial statements are? Why aren't you helping them actually have more net income and build wealth so that one day when they choose not to sell real estate or can't sell real estate anymore, they're not going to be destitute? Why aren't you doing any of these things that if you truly did care about your agents, you would be doing to protect them from their own ignorance, mostly. Well, it's because it's because we just want to focusing on selling houses. Got it. I'm very clear. I understand. You guys understand. This is the type of thinking that you need to actually be considering if you're now looking at your own income statement. And again, I know many of you don't. You don't even want to see it. But let's assume you are. And let's assume you're opening your minds to having this conversation and you're realizing you have not moved your own financial ball down the field at all in years. Why the hell not? You might be selling more houses, right? You might have even gotten better at your craft. You may even be 10 times better than you were five years ago, and yet you have not increased your net worth at all. Why? It's because the, the decisions you made with regards to brokerage being one of the big you know, reasons – is obsolete in the current world. You're essentially still trying to make an old financial model work in a new digital world. Become part of what's next. Look, guys, it's the reason that EXP is the fastest-growing real estate brokerage in the world. You know, they started out this year with 16,000 agents or something, and they're going to end this year with maybe close to 30,000 agents. That's incredible. That's never happened before. It's because agents and top agents, new agents, Midland agents, agents, no matter what their skill set is, how many houses they're selling, the numbers make sense for everybody. And what it's really exciting for me to see is all these brokers that are starting to call us and ask, hey, Tim, so walk me through this whole EXP thing. How does this actually work for me as a broker? I got 50 agents. I got 10 agents. I got 100 agents. Explain to me how this is better for me. Those calls are great because for brokers like that, it's the biggest home run 99% of the time because they'll immediately see how they can actually personally make more debt income, which is obviously their primary objective. They're business owners just like you guys. So listen, here's the bottom line. Take the next natural step. Don't be afraid. Stop being comfortable. You can text me directly, 512-758-0206, or just text the word EXP to 31996. Just text the word EXP to 31996. And for those of you who want to think bad thoughts about us because we talked about EXP, get over it. Just take the time to learn about it. Stop being offended. Why are you offended? doesn't make sense. We're just trying to expose you to something that's actually going to be better for you financially. Take a look. Don't be pissed. Take a look. If there's anything I can do for you guys, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Or if you want to go a little bit slower and, and you're uh, increasing your EXP curiosity, just text the word EXP to 31996. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris.